0: There are the joyful agains, our children shout on the swings, the exhausting agains of cooking and laundry, and the difficult agains of discipline. So much of what we do as mothers is on repeat. So what if we woke up with clarity, knowing which agains we were called to, and went to bed believing we are faithful in what matters most? We believe God's word is the key to untangle from the confusion and overwhelm we feel. Let's look up together to embrace a motherhood full of freedom and joy. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Again, brought to you by Entrusted Ministries. I'm your host, Stephanie Hickox, and in today's episode, I'm joined by Jen Frackman as she shares an incredible testimony in which the sovereignty of God is undeniable. It's absolutely one of those goosebump stories. Jen and her husband, Eric, display love in a most uncommon, sacrificial way. As they were longing to bring a child into their home, they chose to love women and children in difficult situations. After I originally heard this story, I pulled her aside and said, I want to be like you when I grow up. Jen is the type of person that takes every blessing the Lord gives her, and she multiplies it. She serves radically and lovingly and tirelessly, and it's absolutely evident in this testimony. If you haven't had a chance to listen to part one, I'd encourage you to stop now and go back to that. You'll hear Jen's raw and authentic account of her struggle with infertility and how the Lord called her and her husband to serve him through it. But today we're bringing you part two in which we dive even deeper into what did it look like practically for Jen to love a woman facing an unexpected pregnancy. We pray that this testimony of God being in so many details inspires you to see him at work in your life as well, and encourages you to have eyes to see where you can be his hands and feet to the world around you.
1: So fast forward the next day, I got a phone call and it was, would you believe, Easter Sunday morning. And I just am like, oh, Lord, you redeem everything. And- Years prior on Easter Sunday morning, I got a horrible phone call, and then this Easter Sunday morning, I got the best phone call, and it was from a birth mom who was looking to place her baby in adoption, but wanted to meet with us first, and so I said, absolutely. When do you want to meet? And she's, I can meet now if you want. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, great. (laughs) So I literally called our babysitter and was like, can you come over like now? And she's like, absolutely. She knew the story. And so she's like, I'm praying for you as we drove out of the car and uh, out of the driveway and downtown. And I just remember being like, what do I bring? What do I say? Right? I I feel like I'm in an interview. And I don't know I don't know what to say. How, how do you go about having this conversation? So I just brought some family photos and like our photo album that we had and my Bible. And we just prayed. And I just, the whole drive down, I was like, God, you're going to have to do this because I don't know what I'm doing. I am nervous. I am scared. How are we going to know who she is? I've never met her before. All the things, all the things you wonder. So we meet at a Starbucks in the inner city of Chicago, and it was a shady area, I will Mm -hmm. say. In fact, like the next week on the news, a person was killed in a drive by shooting as they were walking out of that exact same Starbucks. So we were not in our comfort zone by any means. And We, we walked in and sat down and we waited. And sure enough, there was a pregnant lady who walked in and we just motioned at her. Are you looking for someone? Because we might be them. <laughs> she <laughs> came over and sat by us and we introduced each other. And it was very heavy. It was very heavy. And it was very hard. And I just remember being like, I don't know what to say. I don't often have that. I can be pretty chatty as you probably know. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. I just waited and, mm-hmm. you know, oh, my name's Jen and this is Eric and here's some family photos if that would help. <laughs> what do? You, how do you want to go about this and do you have questions for us, that kind of thing. And finally, I remember feeling like the spirit was just so heavy in that place that I didn't know how to move on apart from praying. And so Mm. I said to her, this might be really weird, but may we pray for you? I said, we are people of faith and this just feels heavy and hard and I don't know what to do. And I just wonder if you would mind if we prayed. Mm. And she looked at us like, okay. (laughs) And so (laughs) I looked to Eric and said, please start. And so I put my hand on her and Eric prayed and then I prayed. And I am not kidding. This stuff never happens to us. But there was a man who came over as soon as we had finished praying. He was of Middle Eastern descent and he looked her right in the eye and very strongly and lovingly said, you can trust them. Their God is a good God. You may trust these people. And I just was like, oh my word. I got goosebumps. I started crying. Eric got goosebumps. He was like, And mind you, this is Easter Sunday. And so Eric goes, he is risen. And I just remember but he looked and he smiled and he goes, absolutely. And I was like, oh my word, this is amazing. Like, so wow. crazy. And You're like, she promised we did I not did. know him before. <laughs> That's exactly what I said to her. I was like, I promised, A, I did not pay that man. B, I have never seen him before. And C, this stuff never happens to us. I don't, that is crazy. But she just said, she was like, that was crazy. I was like, yeah, that yeah. was. And so then it really the heaviness lifted and we just wow. spoke to one another and just got to know one another. And it was like, she had asked me a couple of questions about how we would raise her, what, what we could provide for her, why we wanted to adopt. Um, mm-hmm. and then, I, and then I remember her saying, I am all alone, like mm-hmm. all alone. Would it be weird if you were in the delivery room with me? I started bawling. I was like, you have no idea. And Eric couldn't, I couldn't even talk. And Eric just said, you have no idea. That's what she's been praying for. I had literally been praying, Lord, I want to catch the baby. <laughs> like, I just want to be in that room. I want to be a part of it. I want to be there for that mom. I don't want that mom to have to go through this alone. And so in that moment, I said to her, I promise you, no matter what, even if you choose another family, if you think these people are whacked, I don't want them to adopt this kid, but I will follow you through this pregnancy and I will be in that room with you mm-hmm. no matter what. And she was like, Okay. And I'm like, I would love nothing more. Mm-hmm. So I I just I was so excited about that and so excited to just care for her. Right. Looking back, it's so weird that I didn't have fear but I didn't. I had no fear at all because I felt so, I was not certain that she was going to choose us, but I was a thousand percent certain that we were supposed to be in her life for this moment. And so I didn't know how it was going to end, but I was like super excited that the Lord allowed us to be able to see this beautiful soul walking through this really hard time and to be somebody that could love her and to show her dignity and honor and just be with her.
0: That's what sets your story apart so much. You so often hear of people who have this God-given love of a child, but it's really rare for people to have such a love for the birth mom as well. And even though through those very hard years of infertility, with all of that pain, that the Lord was giving you a burden for these women that needed to be seen and for you to follow that through, regardless of whether it was going to benefit you or not. It's just so Christ like and so inspiring.
1: I love it. I just felt so excited. Like, when do you get this opportunity? Like, it just felt so exciting to me. And I was just so grateful to be able to do that. So, we I started to go to every single doctor's appointment with her and that was fun and funny all in the same because (laughs) the two of us walk in and so who are you? Exactly. Exactly. Oh, we would laugh so hard sitting in the waiting room as people were walking by. And I'd be like, I would literally have my hand on her tummy and I'd be like, oh, I can feel you, baby. I can feel the baby moving. (laughs) We were like, okay, this is a different situation than I thought. (laughs) So I got to know her doctor, which was so cool. He was just an amazing OB and we, he was very much supportive of the whole situation. And so she was amazing. And she, she gave me the ability to be in every doctor appointment, anything, any question I had, I could ask any question that the doctor had to her. She never made me leave the room. She was like, you may stay as long as you want to stay. And she just was absolutely amazing. And I learned my role was not to fear and worry when I would hear things that maybe I wouldn't have done when I was pregnant. I was mm-hmm. because I would had miscarried. I was so careful on all sure. of my pregnancies. And there were some things that, we're just different that she had chose to do, which is fine. But mm-hmm. instead of being fearful or controlling or demanding of, well, maybe you should look this way, or maybe you should do it this this way, or have you thought about this? Uh-huh. I didn't do any of that. I felt like my role is to love her and to support her. And so I will pray for the things that might confuse me, but I'm going to love her.
0: I know we talk frequently about the kind of mother-in-law that we want to be someday. Yes, I think that was really, really good training.
1: Yes, that's exactly (laughs) it. Yes, I fully agree. I remember saying that at one point, I feel like I'm learning how to be a mother-in-law. My role is to support and to encourage. (laughs) (laughs) Back
0: off. (laughs) Wow. But yeah, it's just... I can't imagine... Uh, that that would be yep I'll hold your tongue That'd yeah your there tongue.
1: definitely were things like that and so i i would i would just say how are you and and we'd just talk things through and so i loved that time of getting to know her and just seeing her laugh about things she's amazing in math and so whenever we would go yeah. out to lunch afterward she would be adding up the order in her head as to how much it was and i was like girlfriend you are like amazing at math because I wasn't even probably close to what she was doing. So she's just like things like that, that I was like, oh, that's cool. She's really good at this. And I like the way she smiles or the way her eyes raise and her eyes twinkle when she would laugh. And so it was just so fun to get to know this woman and to Mm -hmm. become friends with her. We would text multiple times a day. Sometimes I would be like, hey, what did you do when you were a kid at this age? Or so what'd you do today? Did you go for a walk? Who'd you hang out with? What'd you do? And just had a friendship and just loved her the best we could. And there were a couple of different things. As time went on, we needed to sign up with different agencies in the state of Illinois. You have to, as the adoptive family, have to have an agency and then As the birth mom, she has to have an agency that represents her as well. And so she had to sign on with an agency. And sadly, when she did that, the caseworker that she was assigned called me and told me that I needed to back off, that I cared too much about this woman and that I was doing way too much for her and I was being too involved. At this point, I had known her for a couple of weeks, maybe maybe even a couple months and had been doing everything I could to care for her and to Uh within the legal realms of Illinois laws on adoption, we did everything legally, everything as we were supposed to, but the best we could, we saw her as a friend and as family and, and cared for her. Uh And I remember telling that lady, I can get pretty feisty when, (laughs) when I, (laughs) when someone ticks me off and, (laughs) and I, I remember being like, righteously angry mm-hmm. for the birth mom just being right. like who who are you to tell me that i have to back off caring for someone like this right. this is a human being made in the image of god and i don't care one iota what you think about this but you are going to be backing off if you are Thinking anyone is backing off. <laughs> and so we, okay. I, I definitely called the agency and said, we need to get a different caseworker on this case. And we need somebody who sees her not as paperwork and a file number. Mm. And they did. They gave us another one and she was wonderful. She was so sweet and so loving and loved our story, loved the relationship we were having, and guided us through it in such a beautiful way. And I remember the birth mom just saying, like, that that meant a lot to her. She's I, I loved that you fought for me there. And that, that meant a lot. It's so sad that someone would oppose
0: the support you're trying to give her. That's just mind-blowing.
1: Yeah. Well, honestly, it wasn't abnormal. You would be sadly surprised how many of our friends, people that we would tell or come into contact with or we would tell the story and they would be like, "Oh, we'll see how that works out for you." Or wow. just don't get hurt. Don't get so involved. You're just going to get hurt. And I'm sure in their hearts they they were trying to protect us. They were fearful for us as well. Like we were involved and and my heart was definitely in that. And so I could see how if you were outside of the situation, it could seem like maybe we were going to get hurt someday. And sure. I kept going back to, even if she doesn't choose us, even if I get thrown to the curb after this, and I am made a fool for her not giving the baby to us, but she chooses life for this baby, then who cares? I have the Lord. My relationship with the Lord, he will heal my heart and he will bring me whatever baby he wants to bring us. But if I can walk this lady through it, and I have the Lord, I am strong enough to be able to handle the heartache, but she doesn't have the Lord. At that point, she did not have the Lord and she didn't have anyone. So I'd rather sacrifice for that than to protect my heart because I didn't want to get hurt. How can you love someone if you are living in fear of them? You can't. Perfect love casts out fear.
0: That's exactly the verse that's been going through my head as you're sharing this. I, I can see how your trust in the Lord and your love for her left no room for you to fear.
1: You couldn't. You couldn't. There, Humanly speaking, yes, there uh, were times that if I thought too long by myself, I could fear. But anytime that happened, I was like, no, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm literally setting my heart and my mind and my emotions on you, and I am trusting you. And overarching Over all of it, I truly did not fear. I felt a sense of this is where the Lord has you and just trust me. And I did not ever pray that she would give the baby to us. I remember very clearly saying, I will only pray for her and for the baby to be placed wherever the baby needs to be placed. But I do not want to manipulate any situation or even pray selfishly that we would get this baby. I wanted the baby that God had for us. And if this wasn't the baby, great. We will wait for the baby that the Lord has for us, but right now I know my job is to love this woman well and to see this baby through being being born. So, we loved her like Christ loved the church, the best we could, and we tried everything we could to bring dignity and honor to her and I would do things like there's this song by Fresh Life Worship that came out in 2015. It was called Oxygen. And there's another one called Loved. And so I would play those in my car over and over every time I'd go to a doctor appointment. And then whenever we would go to lunch afterward or we would go somewhere, I would play it in the car for her. And I would say, these are our theme songs. These are our theme songs. And so one of them, the, the song Oxygen says, I will fight for honor You called me out. You wash me clean. I'll fight for honor. Though none go with me, I will follow. All for you, Lord. All for you. Where you lead me, I will follow. All for you. In your presence, I find shelter. All for you. All for you. I will give my life to you forever. And and then it goes on to say, I will fight for honor, not by my will, not by my might, but by your power, I will fight. And I just remember crying on the way to the appointments and just being like, yes, yes, Uh I will fight for her.
0: (laughs) That that, that justice
1: gene that God gave me that I so often hate because it makes me angry when things don't have justice in it, that I'm putting that towards this. There's another song by Fresh Life that was called Loved. And it says, it's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. It's a cold, dark night, but we'll find the day. Know that you're loved. And when the world starts to blur and your soul gets heavy, and when you're at your worst and the ground is unsteady, know that you're loved. No matter what may come your way, you don't have to be afraid. No matter what you're fighting through, he'll be there holding you. No matter the sorrow, no matter how tough, today and tomorrow, know that you are loved. It's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. Know that you're loved. Know that you're loved. And so... I would tell her all the time, this is our theme song. So whenever she would say I'm having a hard day or I don't feel well, or I'm just sad. I'm just sad about this situation. I'm sad about all of it. I'd be like, yeah, it is. It's hard, mm-hmm. but we love you. I love you. Baby loves you. God loves you. And and I'd tell her, go listen to the song. And so she would. Mm-hmm. So as we were doing this and the new, wonderful, nice lady of the agency started to love her. And the lady at the maternity home, who was amazing, started to love her. You could see the countenance of this birth mom just change. She, her situation did not change. Her countenance did. It was a lightening of her spirit. And she had said to me, I have never had friends like what you've been a friend to me before. And I said, that is what the body of Christ does. Like, Mm -hmm. this is what believers experience. And God wants that for you. And he wants to take this hard situation and make beauty from ashes. And Mm -hmm. he wants to use this hard thing to draw you into a right relationship. He could use anything, but he's Mm -hmm. using this. And, and this is what God has. This is what God does. He is a God who redeems, and he is a God who loves, and he is a God who protects, and so you can trust him. And she would start to read her Bible and different things that I would say, like, read this scripture, and what about this? Or let's talk about this passage in the Bible. And she would read it every single time that I would send something over, she would read it
0: you're loving her. Well, made her good soil. She was so receptive to it because she had seen the love of Christ in you. Mm -hmm. So, and she was ready to turn to the word of God.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And she's, she's just awesome. I love her Mm -hmm. so much, but so we would talk together about how we both were going to set our hearts on him. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I am setting my heart on the Lord. My hope is not in how this ends. My hope. In fact, I hope we're friends for the rest of our life. Whether you choose to place baby with us or not, I hope we are friends for forever. One because I love you. You are funny <laughs> and you are smart, and I like to talk to you. And <laughs> and she was she was just amazing. So anyway, we would talk about setting our heart on him. And and there was one morning where I had a friend who one one dear friend. I had multiple friends. I when I said a while ago that friends were protective of us. I do think that they they were, but there were friends that definitely stuck with us. Don't get me wrong. We have a wonderful body of believers that stuck with us, but I think out of fear and protection for us, they were more leery to get excited for us. But this one dear, dear friend of mine sent me, gave me mustard seeds in a jar and said, if you have faith like a mustard seed, I can move mountains. Mm-hmm. And there's a song called Mountains on that Fresh Life worship album. And so I was, the morning of the delivery, I was driving. It was like an hour and 10-minute drive that I had to do in the morning. And we knew that she was being an induced and that I was going to drive there. And so that friend got up early in the morning and called me and prayed with me on the way as I drove. Mm-hmm. And I felt so seen. And so loved because I had been caring so much, and i it was my joy to care for her. But to have someone see me in that, mm-hmm. it meant so much to me. And she just prayed with me for a good amount of time, and we laughed. And I was like, I don't know what's going to happen today. I don't know. I remember packing my bags the night before. I was going to the hospital, and I took a baby bassinet and I took a outfit for taking the baby home in I had a car seat but was I going to come home with that car seat empty? I had no idea. Wow. And I remember being like it's okay. It truly is okay. Whatever she chooses is okay. I will be fine. But I definitely felt a little bit probably not all the way, but a little bit how shadrach meshach and abednego felt when they Uh stepped into that fire they didn't know they didn't know that god was gonna make no hair on their head be singed they didn't know that Mm -hmm. they just knew they were walking in the fire and so i was like i'm walking in (laughs) i don't know how this is gonna work (laughs) and i i just felt okay here we go and so I turned on that worship album from Fresh Life Worship, and I sang my little heart out and prayed and cried that whole hour and 10-minute drive. And we got there in the morning, and I pulled up to the hospital, and I said, I'm here for labor. <laughs> I'm here for labor and delivery. <laughs> and she goes, honey, you don't look pregnant. <laughs> I was like, I know, but I'm actually think." my birth mom is giving birth to our baby this morning. And I just started bawling. And she goes, oh, that is so awesome. I'll, I'll get you right in. And so she, she walked me in and I just remember being like, all right, here we go, Lord. And I walked into the room and just gave her a hug and we just talked and we laughed and we had conversation. And I remember (laughs) there was a lady in the room next door who was giving birth, who was having a really hard (laughs) delivery and was screaming and yelling. Uh -uh. And she, the birth (laughs) mom just turns to me and goes, that girl needs an epidural. (laughs) (laughs) I just remember laughing about that. And sure enough, she had the baby and I got to be there for every moment of it and cried with her and laughed with her. And when the nurse came in and said, what formula do you want to give? She said, ask her. And so I was like, I'll take Gerber Good Start Organic, please. <laughs> and a probiotic, please. And, <laughs> and I got to feed her her first bottle and it just was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. I just, I saw her strength going through that labor and just being able to witness all of that. It was just just a gift from the lord. It just was so beautiful. So, the hospital had an extremely busy evening and no rooms were open. And so I would I had planned that I was going to stay in the hospital and that is what the birth mom had wanted as well. So she's like well, you need to find her a room. And I was like, well, gee, I I don't, I don't really know what to do. Like I can sleep on the couch in your room if you want. I, I, what do you feel comfortable with? I can go home. I can get a hotel. I can come back. Like you tell me what you want. And she's like, I want you here. They need to find a place. And so there was this like utility closet that had <laughs> the machinery and different extra beds and things in. It was literally a closet. And they're like, we can empty that out for you They're and put like a couch in there. And I was like, I'll take it. <laughs>
0: It feels like
1: there was no room in the inn. Yes, it totally did. It did. It did. So I took that room and we decided that I would take baby at night and she would have baby during the day. And so I fed baby at night, did all the night feedings. And then in the morning, whenever she would call me or the nurse would come and knock on my closet door and say (laughs) the birth mom would like the baby. Then I would wheel the baby down and often I would hold the baby while she was taking a shower or whatnot. But she would hold her and care for her during the day. And I would often just ask, Would you like me to leave the room? Do you want to be alone? And sometimes she would want to be alone, but most of the time she's like, oh, you can stay. You're fine. So we just bonded the three of us and and just really It was just a beautiful time and just getting to know her and love her and feed the baby and care for the baby, but also care for the birth mom. I remember helping her get out of the shower at one point and just knowing, oh, I've been there giving birth and you're in pain and your body and just all of that. So trying my best to love her well and also care for baby, but also oh, my heart. Every time I'd hold this baby, I'm like, How am I going to do this? And the fear started to creep in of like, I'm in this. I am in the fire and I am in and my heart is, it's deep. It's involved. (laughs) And I stayed there for the two full days that they had us. And Eric, the plan was that I was going to take the baby home after interstate had cleared if the baby was signed over to us. But Eric had noticed that my strength was waning and Mm. I was exhausted. I wasn't sleeping at night because I was feeding the baby. And then all day I was helping with the mom and just the emotional toil of it all. And I fully believe there was spiritual warfare, just the devil trying to do his thing. And so I was pretty weary. And so Eric Mm -hmm. left early, brought the kids with my parents and he came down to be with me in the hospital and he walked into the room and he stayed there for about five minutes and was like, let's go in the hallway. And he came out and he goes, I don't know how you've done this for 48 hours. The weight in that room is so thick. You need a break. I'm going to get you some food. We're going to leave and we're going to take a breath and we're just going to let ourselves just have a moment. So he took me to a restaurant and ordered for me as I just stared. And he was like, so what are you thinking? What do you feel? And I was like, I don't know. It was going great and then it didn't. Like my heart is just I'm scared. I'm scared uh, my heart's in this and she's going to sign soon or maybe not and not. what do I do and how do I handle this? And so we just prayed that the Lord would just help us to not fear and to not not worry and to not care about ourselves but to lay down our life for our friend. And so I just we just prayed Lord, just fill us with your Holy Spirit and give us the strength. And whatever is the best for this baby, let that happen. We don't care what that is. Honestly, take our desire out of this, not our will, but yours be done. Whatever is the best for this baby. And we just prayed and prayed that. And we came back to the hospital and In my room at this. Oh, and at this point, the hospital had found a room. Some mom had left. And so they gave me an actual bedroom. (laughs) And so I had worship music playing on repeat. So when I would walk in, I was just filled with the Holy Spirit and would pray. And in my room, when we came back from that lunch was the mom at that maternity home who had signed us up to, or who had gotten my postcard. She came to be with us and to just pray and to, she's like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I just want to support you too. And so she sat with her for the birth mom for a while. She sat with us and she just sat, I just will never forget. She sat in a rocking chair in my room and just prayed. And she just prayed over us, prayed out loud. She'd pray quietly. She would write prayers down in her notebook and she just prayed. And Eric and I would be talking and she just was quietly in the corner praying, and I it's incredible. It was incredible. I just I feel like, oh, to be able to be that person that thinks through enough, that this need, they only have a need to be prayed over, and I'm going to go there and physically pray over them. Like she could have done it from her home and texted me, but having her presence there, it was like, oh, that just meant so much. It was Absolutely. It was beautiful. So Eric and I laid on the hospital bed together and I remember taking a selfie and being like, well, is she ours? I don't know. And we smiled and (laughs) took a picture.
0: I know it's a complete cliffhanger, but we're going to leave you there so that we can continue to tell this story in the detail that it deserves. I'm sure you've been incredibly inspired. By the way, Jen and Eric and others loved this birth mom through a difficult time and how the Lord did bring beauty from ashes. We can't wait for you to hear part three next week. I wanna remind you to leave a review if you've been blessed by this podcast and to share it with others. We know you're busy, Mama, so we are truly grateful you joined us for this episode of Again. If you're looking for more information about building your home on the foundation of Jesus Christ, Head to www.entrustedministries.com to learn more about our study for moms, Entrusted with a Child's Heart. This scripture-saturated study has blessed families around the world, and we want it for you too. Before you go, I want to pray this benediction over you from 2 Thessalonians 1, 11-12. We're rooting for you. To this end, we always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power, so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Until we meet again.